Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back at 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. And you, glad you're with us. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chris Johnson, CJ2K, joins us in 20 minutes, plus primary complaint later this hour. Jam-packed show with plenty to discuss in the world of college and pro football. Guys, good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm fired up, ready for a big show, ready for this show to feel as fast as Chris Johnson runs. That's <laughs> well, what I want. I want Jonathan the show to Hunt feel eats. like a Chris Johnson sprint. Jonathan Hutton put you uh, on notice with his title no, no. Notice how Hutton, though, won't do it on camera no, during show no, that's hours. That's not his style. Hutton is very much an anti-eater when it comes to broadcasting. No, that doesn't fit oh, yeah. his I just his ate for the first persona. time today. Yeah. Well, Hutton eat, eats once a day. Yeah. That, that's and it. that was it. We just witnessed it. I'm but shocked you can't it wasn't, see it. I'm you shocked there was no it. lettuce involved in uh, that None food destruction. None None from <laughs> yeah, they're low on lettuce here. <laughs> Boys, Hutton I just drove over lettuce. here. I was later than usual. The Titans had pushed their stuff back. And I have not had music on in the car in some time. Listen to a lot of Howard Stern. And uh, I felt moved. And I turned on, yeah, I love the cocaine. Yes. Oh. I sang, I love the cocaine. Who, Buck, Cherry Buck Cherry lit up. Uh, I, I have no experience with the cocaine personally, <laughs> but when I sing this song, I take on the persona of the singer and the songwriter. And in the words of the singer and the songwriter, I love the cocaine, I love the cocaine. And this song is my number one fire me up song. So I come in fired up because of this man's this love. This song is of your the cocaine. cocaine, is what you're saying. Yeah, Buck the song it has the same cocaine. effect. At the old station, I sang this song. David Reed recorded it, produced it. I mean, I might as well put out a cover version of this song. It's a beautiful song. It, it is a heart warmer. Uh, it is one that is perfect for a warm up. It's a Christmas song, really. <laughs> do you think that? Do you like think that your rock idol? <laughs> it's the diehard of music. Yeah, it's, it's never going to go away. Well, my brother likes this band top to bottom. I find their catalog is one song. Do you think song. that your rock, rock idol Bruce Springsteen will ever cover "I Love the Cocaine" in a concert? <laughs> yeah, guys, there's this little band called Buck Cherry that I've been listening to when lately. He, when he plays uh, the Ryman. Yeah, the next tour is going to be all banned, and then I'm sure he'll play acoustic. I'll, I'll go to the Ramen, and I'll scream out, Lit up by Buck Cherry! I'm not, I'm not that sure guy. that the Bruce version of that song would be as no, good as the original. No, it's not going to make me feel like <laughs> I don't that. think his interpretation would be the one I would, I would put it's on not my make me Amazon playlist. feel like what I imagine the cocaine feels yeah. like based on the song, which is, as you said very well, my cocaine. Perfect cocaine. warm-up. Cocaine. Who said cocaine? Who uh, was that, that? So that, that we was cocaine was uh, Dewey Cox, uh, oh, yeah, John C. Riley, and the Dewey Cox That's story. A good cocaine, Walk but, hard, the Dewey Cox but story. Dick, Dick LeBeau once worked with Michael Caine, and in order to, he was having to learn what was it, Cockney or Cockney? Yeah. Cockney. And he was there like, "There's a light out over the billiard table." And he said the way to say Michael Caine's name in Cockney was just to say "my cocaine." My cocaine. 
So if you say Michael Caine, that's how that's, that's how you Caine. say that it. That was a great. Uh, it's not a mnemonic what device. A, what a lesson we learned from Dick LeBeau that day, and uh, he can give so many lessons. <laughs> in let's, his stick, life. let's stick. Wasn't with that Dick amazing? LeBeau for I'm a going moment. back. Remember, he's a big Civil War historian. Oh yeah, he talked about uh, the Cockney accent and learning it for a, a film. Such yeah. a do you such have those, interesting those memories come across your iPhone, like your iPhone pictures sometimes, not your Facebook, but your iPhone, say, on this date, and then there's a little slideshow. I don't know how I you I try to have a very it. short memory, Paul. I come <laughs> to it. I don't look back. I come to it by accident sometimes, and so <laughs> I was standing near the podium between Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill uh, just an hour or two ago, and up came a picture of Terry Rabisky, a very ineffective offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans during the Mike Malarkey era. And so I, I held it up at the podium for everybody. Say, hey, here's a good memory for everyone. And Hutton, you and I had a fun trip. The Titans and Malarkey's last year went out to Arizona. They had back-to-back oh, Arizona, yeah. Yeah. San Francisco, and they stayed in Arizona after the first game. This was Mike Malarkey's downfall. They got in the playoffs this year, but they lost both these games in miserable fashion. And during this trip, they lost I, their way in. I the decided to, yeah, I decided <laughs> to do a piece on LeBeau and Rabisky, very old coordinators. Malarkey loved having no one on his staff who aspired to be a head coach <laughs> or was an up and comer. Meanwhile, Vrabel now has back to back head coaches in Lafleur and Art Smith. And so I asked LeBeau and Rabisky, how do you match up with younger guys? Like, what's your thinking on adjusting to the modern league? And LeBeau, who we loved and had a great relationship with, said, adjust or die. And Rabisky said, I just do it the same way I've always done it. You do it the way you do it, and it works. It's proven over time it works. And so I wrote this piece contrasting these two old guys. Here's adjust or die, Dick LeBeau, who's 80-something, and, and uh, Rabisky, who's in his upper 70s, says, I'm going to be dead and buried and still doing this thing. I am who I am. It was such a contrast. And LeBeau, widely respected around the league, and Rabisky, not so much. Wasn't it um, – what did, what did Al Davis tell you? It wasn't adjust or die. You don't, you don't adjust. You, you dominate. dominate. Yeah, that's – so Best two line anybody ever Two did. other old guys at the time with two different lines of thinking. Al don't adjust, dominate. That's what he told you. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's Rest what we do as a Al show. Davis now. Yeah. That's what we do as a show. We don't adjust. We also we adjust, though. We, we, we adjust. We, we adapt. Don't, we don't advertise. We adapt. Yeah, we don't die. We're not like Rabisco. We don't yet. run the same play eight times in a row. We still have a pulse. That's what matters. Um, so looking at Ohio State and Michigan State, who faced off this weekend, um, both one's going to adjust and one's yeah, might both die. have a, a, a pulse for the college football playoff. Uh, the latest ranking, no, no big surprises last night. Uh, one through seven remain exactly the same. And it's still Georgia and Alabama at the top of these rankings. But it also tells us that Michigan State, Ohio State, the winner of this game, guys, is likely going to make the college football playoff. They have a great chance of doing that. Now, the only way, we talked about this the other day, if, this Ohio, up, State, if Ohio State wins this and somehow loses in the, in the championship game of the Big Ten, which we don't see as likely, but if somebody pulls an a upset in the final, they will be a two-loss team. If they lose to Michigan, uh, or if they lose, yeah, if they if they lose in the championship game, well, if Michigan State wins out, Chad. Where could that place them? To me, that they're in the playoffs. There's a lot of intrigue. Oh, absolutely. With a win over Ohio State, they're going to be the Big Ten representative. Uh, if Michigan State were, to, they're not going to do that. 
because Ohio State's going to beat them this weekend. But we also expect Ohio the, State to win both games and I, be in. I think still the biggest um, turning point of this whole thing is going to be if Alabama loses for a second loss, does that bump Cincinnati into the playoff? That That's going to be sort of the nexus point for the college football playoff committee and how serious they are about an unbeaten group of five team. Cincinnati's got a test this weekend against SMU, who's 8-2. and two. Good football team. Not great. And Cincinnati's not, not, not played like going through the gauntlet of the football. SEC or anything like that. But a, a, that would be a good win, good quality win for Cincinnati if they were to win that game. I think they're an 11.5-point favorite over SMU. But if they go out and beat SMU by four touchdowns, and then you look at the end of the year and Alabama loses for their second loss and they're undefeated and they're still sitting there outside of the top four, to me, that's going to be the big question mark going into that they're final not ranking. And Michigan will jump them if they beat Ohio State as long as they win the, the I have big a hard 10. time believing. Cincinnati's not getting it. Well, I've watched a lot of Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State this year. I have a hard time believing Michigan or Michigan State has a chance to beat Ohio State yeah. this year. But if they did, yeah, if they, they did. would jump over Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right, Paul. The one loss in that, in that scenario, Ohio State already has one loss out of conference to Oregon. The one loss Big Ten champion is absolutely in. No doubt about it. Whoever that Cincinnati's is. Cincinnati's only hope is Wisconsin or whoever wins yes. the other side springing an upset in the championship game. And there's They're a, the biggest fan. Is it going to be Wisconsin? I, I haven't yeah, it's, it, There it. was a – I got to check the rank. There was a four-way a, tie for, for first. <laughs> But it's I think that shifted a little bit. There. So Wisconsin's Cincinnati's rooting like hell for that. Wisconsin's the most likely winner of the Big Ten West right now. And they get Nebraska this weekend. So n- not a, a ton of drama last night with the college football playoff. This rankings. hasn't been dramatic yet, has it? Well, uh, only with Cincinnati, but the with, the opening, with the opening group. And then well, Michigan no, Oregon, being ahead of Michigan State. Oregon was dramatic the first time, too, that that win carried so much import. They did the right thing with that win. Yeah, uh, and like you said, I think from the start, like they did the right thing with that win, knowing they could bring them down, and probably they will fall down based on what else happens. Well, they should have done that with Cincinnati. It also goes back to um, the lack of respect for Oklahoma and what they've done this year. You know, they have the one loss to Baylor this weekend. They're sitting there at one loss. They dropped all the way to thirteen in this latest ranking. Uh, you know, behind Baylor with two losses, but. You got Wake Forest there if you want to play the disrespect card. Right. Another team with one loss behind them. But, I mean, outside of that, the one-loss teams behind uh, Oklahoma include Houston, Louisiana, San Diego State. They don't have a top 25 win. Any bitching from Penn State this week? I don't think so. I, I think <laughs> Penn State... Penn State's 6-4, and four, by Quiet the way. it down yeah. a little bit. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just funny that Penn State went... <laughs> Two and eight a year ago. We demand to be in the top three and seven. But I mean, also told you we should add it last. James Franklin has long been like James Franklin's leaving. He's going to take one of these big jobs. He is out. And I don't think that's the craziest thing to say, but also sit there and say the resume is not great. James Franklin is six and four in year. What? Seven after two and eight. I mean, he's been there a while. I, I don't know. That's whatever. Penn State. Not that good. Coming up, NFL narratives from this perspective. Three things that we're not buying as the the NFL sits here going into week 11 uh, with the the national storylines. And three things that we hope will end up the way we envision the league going this year. One other thing in the college football playoff rankings that jumped out to me, looking at point spreads and rankings. Oregon currently in at number four. 
They are a three-and-a-half-point underdog this weekend at Utah. That is one to watch. That is the ABC night game this week. But Oregon, in a playoff position right now, Utah's an like underdog. Utah is 24th or something U- like Utah that. is 24. They're when, where Penn State wants to be. Seven and three. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> they are exactly where Penn State thinks they deserve to be. Well, well, thought a week ago. Maybe they concede now. What do we think about that game, money-wise? Uh, Utah is difficult to figure out. Well, Oregon plays well in big games, so I I would take the Ducks. I, I they I I think they're going to fall before they make it to the playoff, but not this week they're, because they're very inconsistent. But the big games that that's where I would bet Oregon. Salt Lake City is a tough environment, especially when the weather gets colder. But this used to be a contrasting styles game with very uh, hard-nosed run attack of Utah. But now it's basically they're the same team, but Oregon's more talented. Because <laughs> Oregon is going to have a hard-nosed line of scrimmage type game, mm-hmm. good rushing attack. They're very similarly built from a tough-minded perspective under Mario Cristobal as Kyle Whittingham has built the Utah program. But again, it's, it's essentially Vegas is saying it's a toss-up game. We're giving three points for home field advantage because it's in Salt Lake City. Coming up, uh, Chris Johnson, CJ2K, about to join us. A lot to discuss with him. The last time, the last time he was a part of this show, we've seen him since then. But the last time he was on the show would have been the NFL draft here in Nashville. I, at least I think that's the last time he was on the show because he was in town and was doing did Ma- something. Did Mawai the- get in the Hall of Fame after that? Yes, we might have had him leading up to that. I don't know. I talked to him before yeah, Mawai's right. induction. We saw him. You and I saw him. At, at Mawai's party. But well, I, don't, I don't know if we had him then. Do you think he's... Well, we'll ask him. Do you think he's coming to town this weekend because the Titans are honoring... Um, oh, he's been, he's been to a couple games already this year. Yeah. So probably. Yeah, they're honoring uh, Jeff Fisher and Floyd Reese, uh, former Titans head coach, former Titans general manager, both going into the Titans ring of honor this Sunday as they host the Texans. Uh, Chris Johnson joins us next on Outkick 360. With Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Pleased to be joined on Outkick 360 by friend of the show, former Tennessee Titan, Chris Johnson, CJ2K, our next guest. CJ, it's great to have you back on the show, man. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you. I'm doing good. How you doing? We, we are doing very well. Um, the Titans back in town this weekend. I know you've been to a couple games already because uh, Bullock told us that you, you he had seen you. Are you coming in town this week? Um, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it in town this week, but, um, yeah, I've been to a few games already this year. Um, I'd be back and forth up to Nashville a whole lot. So what do you make of the Titans team that you've watched so far at eight and two? Oh man, we've been doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, King Henry, he been, he put us on his back and, you know, um, He's been leading us this whole time, and unfortunately, he got hurt. So, you know, yeah. we had to find other ways to win, stuff like that. Our defense been playing great. Um, so, we've been riding our defense right now. So, we've been doing pretty good. And Tannehill's been stepping up, making plays for us. And um, I know when King Henry got hurt, a lot of people thought, like, Titans was just going to start losing. But um, we won back-to-back games um, without him. So, 
we've been doing what we have to have to do. Well, Chris, you know a thing or two about a team basing the offense around a running back uh, in Nashville with the Titans because that's what happened when you were a Titans running back. Does it warm your heart to see that can still be the case in today's NFL when you see how the Titans built everything around Derrick Henry in the run game? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, Devin. We've got you, Chris. Or at least we thought we did. Um, definitely out. for Please. sure. Um, you know, these days and ages, everybody's saying that. You hear me? Yeah, yeah, we yeah got you're good you. now. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, these days and ages, you know, everybody's saying it's a passing league. Um, passing out of the field, the, the running back position is devalued and stuff like that. And for him to come in here and do the things that he's able to do and put the offense on his back, it shows you that the, the the running back position ain't ain't dead. Like eight and two, um, the best record, you know what I'm saying, uh, amongst AFC South or whatever like that. Um, so for him to do those things and to be on a winning team and showing you that a running back can can be the focal point of an offense and lead them to victories like it shows a lot it's not dead chris but it is hurting he he broke the foot we see uh chubb uh with the calf and and mccaffrey he hurt again what do you make of of the 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 injuries for running backs and how much of a concern is that to you watching not just henry who had the massive workload but guys who uh like Chubb, who was sharing sharing the the workload with Kareem, and and still gets hurt. Can you, can you repeat that question again? I think I had lost you for a second. Yeah, what do you make of all the injuries at running back, in, including Derek? He had a big workload, but a lot of guys smaller smaller jobs still getting hurt. Oh, uh, man, yeah, it's crazy. So many injuries um, this year. Um, running backs, not just running backs, but it's crazy because I play fantasy football now. <laughs> and then, you know, come around Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we get the updates on fantasy about who 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 all injured and who all hurt. Man, it's crazy, man. Like, I'm like, man, I understand what the fantasy guys was talking about by then. But, you know, like, even when it comes to running back, they say running backs get hurt. Um Derrick Henry got hurt. He's the he like he's the only one on the team. Like he got the whole load. But like you say, you look at Chubb, he shut a load. He still got hurt. But now these days where we have to deal with the COVID, um, it just be out of nowhere. Like someone tests positive for COVID and they missing the game. So um I feel like at the end of the day, it's gonna be the team that can stay the most healthy and stuff like that. It's cause cause injuries gonna happen within the game. Let's set 22 aside. Who's your favorite running back in the NFL? Size Derek is um, Dalvin Cook. What do you like so much about his game? I imagine he reminds you a little bit of yourself. Yeah, he do. He do. Derek, I mean, not Derek. Dalvin, he remind me a little bit of myself. I like how he ran that zone running scheme. I kind of ran that same scheme. Man, I've been on him since he was at Florida State or whatever, but how he's able to – Actually, because he's not a huge guy either. 
So the way he's able to run inside the tackles, outside the tackles, and still able to help on on um, passing downs, um, he don't have to come out of, out of the game on passing downs. Like that's kind of like the same. I was the same type of guy, not as big, um, able to run inside the tackle, outside the tackle, and then even on third downs, I don't have to come out of the game. Still in the game, I can be involved in the passing game, and um, he's just a smooth runner. I like the way he runs. Chris Johnson, CJ2K, our guest on Outkick 360. Chris, take us uh, inside the mentality of that Titans team you were a part of, uh, and, and, and Henry feels the same way here. Offensive line and the run game knew they were going to get in and, and put up 100 yards a game. I mean, that was that was just like the minimum what the, what the production value was going to be with you during your 2,000-yard season. Everyone knew you were going to go off on that particular week, it was a matter of if everyone else around you was going to step up. What's it like week in and week out in this league, hitting that dominant stride in your prime and knowing you're going to dominate no matter what defense you're facing? Man, at the end of the day, it's fun. Like I'm, I'm going to again. I know that the opposing team defense they want to stop, stop me, and I know what we're going to do. We're going to try to put our will. We're going to force our will on their defense because at the end of the day, they know it's coming. It's different when, you know, the coach got to go in there. They got to draw these plays, trick people, and not. Nah, they know it's coming every game. They know they get in. They know what's coming at them. And just still go out there and be able to show success. Um, that just shows what the player you is and how, how good of a back you you are. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, sometimes you get a lot of guys – Come in the league and shoot. You don't. They the other team. They don't know much about them. They just know we, they gonna run the ball past. They don't know. But when you got a guy and you know it's they getting the ball. They getting the ball and we have to stop them and they still don't stop them. It just show you how good of a guy that is. How much work he put in. And it's like shoot coming in. I know I'm gonna touch the ball. I know I'm gonna get the ball a lot. And I know I got to be the guy. I got to put offense on my shoulder and do what I got to do. So it goes back to the way you work out in the offseason, the way you eat, all your preparation, the film study, all that. It just show the type of player you are. Did did they have the next-gen stats monitors on you whenever you played? Like, could you actually keep up with how many miles per hour you were running? Derek has hit 22 before. I'm curious what you could run miles per hour. Yeah, I think the high. I think I hit like twenty eight. Um, <laughs> they were doing it a whole lot. No, for real, for real. I, I twenty eight, but like it I'm had going to Google. Got, <laughs> yeah, I think it got a little big, like towards the end. Yeah, of my career when they started doing it a lot, but I think they had clocked me my third year in the league on a run when we played against the Raiders. So it was like twelve or thirteen years ago. You ran four two four at the combine. Um, I'm thirty seven. You're thirty six, right. I believe. How fast could you run right now? Right now, if I just got to get my best forty yards yeah. right now, yeah, I probably run. I probably run like a four three eight, four three nine. So that, like that's that. all that's gone off the speed. All the, all these years later. Four three eight is what you got. Yeah, like, yeah, four, yeah, four three eight, four three nine. You ought to head to the next combine because I don't work out for it. What was it? So you were like, um, 
I remember chatting with you after you were drafted by the by the Titans in the first round because it was originally they had you projected as like a third or fourth round pick out of East Carolina. Then you ran that four two four. Did you immediately know when you hit that time that it was a first first round was was a done deal? Yeah, well, like going through um, the whole draft process and stuff like that, especially after my bowl game. I was slotted anywhere from like second round, second to third round, like late second, early to mid third round or whatever. And like this whole time, I know like when you put my my film up against everybody else, when I say everybody, I'm talking about the running backs. Yeah. Everybody else film, like they 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 film wasn't better than mine. Like I, I so I knew like, once I put my stamp on it with my 40, like, I know, I knew, like, in my head, like, man, ain't no way 32 teams can pass up on me with um, this type of tape I got and a person with the fastest ever 40-yard dash ran in NFL history. Ain't no way 32 teams can, can pass up on me because I've seen other guys um, I've seen other guys with not much film, like run fast 40s at the combine and go second round, third round with no good film at all. So I'm like, man, with my film, with my size, me weighing 200 pounds, um, running in a 4-2-4, like ain't no way 32 teams can pass up on me. So that was that was in my head the whole time. Mark, thank you. Chris, after just hearing that you could still run a 4-3-8, my follow-up question is, why did the Titans contact Adrian Peterson <laughs> and not you uh, to come back and play running back when Derrick Henry came back? Because they, they, you know how it is. They ain't seen me run it. But, no, nah, but on, on a serious note, um, AP just played last year. So, AP been playing, AP been playing throughout the years. Like, I've been retired for three years, like, I don't work out like the same <laughs> anymore. So that definitely was nah, that definitely was a no-go. Forward Titans that running back Chris Johnson with us on Outkick 360. All right, so I'm not going to ask you who's first place here. There's a good conversation to be had about second place for the best franchise for running backs. Tennessee Titans slash Houston Oilers, Eddie George, Earl Campbell, Chris Johnson, Derek Henry – are their top four all-time leading rushers. Second place, I would contend, is between Dallas and the Rams. Cowboys, Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, Ezekiel Elliott, Don Perkins, an old-timer, Calvin Hill, um, or the Rams. Let me get the right page up here. Rams, Steven Jackson, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Lawrence McCutcheon's Dick Bass are old-timers, and Todd Gurley. Who does Chris Johnson think would come in second to the Titans slash Oilers between if you're going Rams or Cowboys, or do you have another entry? Um, I have to go Rams. You said a good one right there, Rams. You got Marshall Falk, the second all-time um, – the second all-time all-purpose, well, yards from scrimmage leader in the history of football. He's second. You got Eric Dickerson, who got the most rushing yards in a season 
He's first. Um, you got Steven Jackson. I think Steven Jackson had probably what eleven thousand career rushing yards, something like that. Man, it's hard to to put Dallas over them, even though you got Emmitt Smith, who's the all-time leading rusher in a career. You got Emmitt Smith and you got Zeke. Um, who else you name of that? They got um Calvin Hill. Yeah, they're not as big a names. They have nice yardage. Dorsett, so. yeah. Don Perkins. They got Dor- Oh yeah, Dorsett. They got Tony Dorsett. They- That's a big three. With, with Dorsett, with Dor- Dorsett like? had twelve thousand yards. Did he have over ten? Yep, twelve thousand. Seventy-two oh, 12, touchdowns. 000, yeah, you got Dorsett. You got Dorsett. You got Dorsett. See, but then, like, even when you talk about, like, even when you put up their yards, like, as far as total yards over a career. Back then, like, man, you know, those running backs was averaging, like, 380, 400 carries a year. Like, it was a straight running back run. But now, like, as it progresses to later years, when you come back, it will start passing them more and things like that. So, like, back then, those guys were averaging 15, 1,600 rushing yards a year or whatever. But – those guys, some great guys too, but I, I just can't put them over the rounds. Not with Marshall Fault with that all-purpose um, record, and then um, Eric Dickerson with the most yards in the season. It's hard to put them above that. Chris Johnson with us. Chris, a story that I've heard, I've never heard you say it. I'm sure you've told it before. But in the 2008 draft, Felix Jones went to the Cowboys at 22. And, and at 23 – the Steelers were on the clock, and they went with Mendenhall over Chris Johnson. The Titans then drafted you at 24. Will you tell the story about your visit to Pittsburgh and whether or not when you left you thought you would have been a Steeler? Um, so the story is kind of it's kind of crazy. I didn't understand it until until after my career was over, whatever, like this or whatever, because I was, I did an uh, interview on a podcast and they was, you know, how retired players, we talked so much each other and they was telling me, it was like, yeah, but like we really was like, we was finna take you in a draft and um, we was finna take you, everybody around the organization like you, we, we really wanted you this and that or whatever. But like, even when, when I was going through the process, it was no way that I thought that they was taking a running back or even a running back of of my stature because they got Willie Parker. So even even when they drafted Mendenhall at the time, I still didn't feel no type of way because I never in a million years thought that they was really actually thinking about taking me. Right? So when he's telling about it, I'm like, Wow. Okay, it makes sense now. So I was had my um this after the combine, I had my um visits. So I probably had like probably like thirteen or fourteen visits, different teams. So all the visits you go to, you meet all the coaches. They put you on the board. Um, just everything might take you out to dinner. All this different type of stuff. So this team in particular, Pittsburgh. I go there, so everything's going normal, all the same stuff, whatever. So then I'm meeting the um I'm meeting the trainers. I do all that. Then I meet I'm 
in the running back meeting room, you know. So Coach Tumlin come in, like, how you doing? Just talk to me. He was like, yeah, um, we're going to need you to go. We're going to need you to go take an MRI. Like, huh? Like an MRI? I just, I just did that at the combine. I did all that or whatever. So he was like, I'm like, and then not only is that, I'm like, um, I'm claustrophobic. Like, I'm yeah, claustrophobic. those are rough. I can't get an MRI machine. Like, I'm claustrophobic. They rough. Like, if anybody think I'm lying, they can ask the the Tennessee Titans training staff all that when it came to MRIs. Uh, I can't do it. I'm claustrophobic. So, so he say okay. He leave out the room. He leave out the room for a little bit. Um. Then the running back coach come back in there, whatever. We talking this and that. I'm just explaining to him whatever, boom, boom. But I'm like, shoot. Anytime that I had to take a um, MRI, like anywhere here, with like where my head is in the thing, I'm like, um, they had to put me to sleep. You know what I'm saying to do the MRI because you being an MRI, MRIs take like 45 minutes. You could be in there 20, 25 minutes, and you move the wrong way. Guess what? It start all the way over. Right. Whole new. 45. So like, I'm like, anytime I had to take an MRI, they usually put me to sleep or whatever. This and that, boom. So they go out, another 20 minutes go past Coach Tomlin walked back in the room. He was like, um, yeah, you, you're not willing to take an MRI, so we can't do business with, with you. And shoot, they sent me home. They sent, sent me home or whatever. But you know, when like, so when that happened, I'm like, like even though I ain't think that that they was gonna um, draft me, I still felt like some type of way because I'm like, man, I'm still a kid, man. I'm still a kid. I'm 20, 21 years old. You know, it ain't like my agent here or none of this. I even called my agent while I was there, and I'm like, man, did my agent know about this? Like, I'm claustrophobic. Um, I, I stuck through this through the combine. I did this or whatever and whatever. So he like, okay, just let them know what's going on. So he just sent me home. So like, I feel like, I feel like that business wasn't handled right. I feel like it was, it was some BS. And if they really, really wanted me to take this MRI, like, shoot, I feel like they should have, they should have, they should have put me to sleep and and let me take it. You know what I'm saying? Should have put me to sleep. I would have stayed an extra day or whatever, whatever I had to do, I would have did it. But they just sent me home, so that ended up happening. CJ stuck with the MRI from the combine, didn't want to do it for Tomlin, and therefore they went with Mendenhall over Chris Johnson, and the rest is history. Very next pick, he ends up with the Tennessee Titans. Final thing for you, CJ, on um, you were right on the cusp of like Instagram and Twitter during your career, and I, I vivid mm. every Saturday night prior to a game, you would get on UStream and answer questions. That's from, crazy. <laughs> I love that so much. I still tell stories about this. Can you imagine what you and Lindell would have been doing on Instagram Live oh. the night before games? Man, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. Not just me, because I got it from Ocho Cinco. Yeah, that's what that's Ocho right. Yeah. Doing. yeah. Yeah, I got it from him, so... Man, Instagram, like, is no way, like, at my prime and around the time when Instagram, like, we had Instagram then, man, there's no telling what type of things we've been having going on <laughs> Instagram Live. And not only that, how much money oh, I yeah. would have made off of Instagram, just period. 
Uh, the, the thing I loved about uh, CJ guys is you could ask him literally any question, and he was going, he was going to answer it. Love that quality. It, it was uh, it, it's a it's a great quality in you, Chris. Hey, we I made it. you a bet once. You paid off with the diet coke, right? Right in oh, time. Yeah? What was it? Well, yeah. I was running forties, rounded off like uh, you know. Yeah. And he spotted me way too much because he's a super fast human being. But Ryan Fowler, uh, a guy who could do math real quick, was telling him, you're giving him way too much. You're giving hey, him way too much. How much did you make for racing the cheetah? The cheetah? I don't remember. Like, see, even that one, it wasn't a big money deal. It was more just like, Puh. shoot, I'm feeling, it was more exposure. I'm on National Geographic. Yeah. And everybody knows how big Cat Week is. So <laughs> it wasn't a big money grab. It was more like. Exposure thing. Cat Week is huge. It is huge. It's almost as big as Shark Week. It's right up there with Shark Week now. It's it's giving it a run of its money. Hey, it's great catching up. Good to see you, man. And I hope to see you at a Titans game soon. All right, thank you. All right, Chris Johnson. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Johnson twenty eight. That's a good story about the MRI. I freak out in the MRI thing. I've only been in one once, and I wish they knocked me out. Well, I'm claustrophobic. To his point, he had just done that in Indy. Yeah. It's hard to discover you're claustrophobic in America. But how about... There are not a lot of tight spots. You and I talked about this. And you're good. you go to Europe and start oh. touring some of those places. That's where I discovered it. Yeah. Going up Notre Dame. Going up uh, St. Peter's Cathedral. All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I've never been yeah. in spaces like this, and I do not like it. Yeah. And the, the cars are even real tiny yeah. and small because they have to get through those roads, those one-lane roads. Um, but how about the Steelers sticking with their rule that you're going to do it here on your visit or we're not going to draft you. Get out. <laughs> it's very Steeler-ish. Yeah. Like, uh, it's also odd it. if he offered, if you sedate me, I'll do it. And they, no they thanks. Didn't, they didn't. Well, it sounds like you they can't didn't handle an MRI, then you're out of here. Sounds like so, they didn't even let him off. You have to be this? fully conscious for that MRI or we're not going to draft you. Final thought on the 2008 first round. Darren McFadden went number four overall, uh, number three overall, excuse me. Um, Let's see, scrolling through. Jonathan Stewart went 13th to Carolina. And then you had the triple header of Felix Jones, Richard Mendenhall, Chris Johnson. Titans win with the fifth. No doubt. Be- uh, best back, and fifth the over craziest the craziest thing about it all, Adrian Peterson was drafted the year before and he's still in the league. All these dudes are <laughs> that out. That is insane. That is crazy. Coming up, primary complaints on Outkick 360. College football headlines coming up in 10 minutes on Outkick 360. Right now, and each week at this time, it is time for primary complaint. But specifically, because we've all known about Ticketmaster and other places, Ticketmaster, at least you're going to a place that you can't get anywhere else. You're going to a live concert. Convenience fees, though, at a movie theater nowadays are ridiculous. It was already dying prior to COVID, and now the convenience fee for ordering online to reserve your seat on top of the movie price itself, and I'm no snob here. I'll, I'll pay to go watch James Bond, as I've done this week, the new 007, which is really good. Uh, convenience fee, though, at the bottom, if you add up the price, it ends up being, combined with the movie ticket, about what I would pay to stay at home for the convenience of staying at home and streaming it on Amazon Prime. You've got to give me a reason to get out of my house and go back to a movie theater, and a convenience fee isn't the way to go about it. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint this week, and I'll keep it pretty short and sweet, I'm a guy who tries to exercise every now and again. 
try to get out, be active, uh, run through my neighborhood, even walk through my neighborhood, go to the gym. I don't do it as often as I should. But what really bothers me are the people who actually look like they're enjoying exercise. Uh, these people know who you are. <laughs> it, it bothers me to my core when I see someone running and smiling or looking like they're enjoying it or lifting weights and singing along to music as they're listening to it. Uh, I don't know what it is about this, but it bothers me as someone that's like 95% of humanity that struggles through it. And uh, I want a look of just pain on your face as you're exercising. And when I don't see that, it really bothers me. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint, this new product, you've probably seen commercials for it called Just Eggs. It's just eggs, except it's not just eggs. It's made from plants. Now, my, my college <laughs> biology teacher, his name was Eddie Murphy. And as if that wasn't enough to distract my 18-year-old mind, he also, between every sentence, would say, okay. And this is before <laughs> South Park ever existed. So I spent more time counting his mks than I did pay attention to anything that he did in class. For, for the record, 68 was the most he ever had in one 50-minute class. <laughs> 68! But, but if he had taught a lesson on plants that laid eggs, I'm pretty sure that I would have remembered that. And these products that pretend to be something they're not, like plant-based meat, there's no such thing. That's just a, a, a salad that's turned brown for some reason. <laughs> but the people who really started this was almond milk. And I can't really blame them because if they named these products what they actually were, you wouldn't buy them because no one's going to pour a big bowl of Cheerios and go to the refrigerator and grab a big cold carton of nut juice. Okay. <laughs> so let's stop calling these things what they're not, but they're all natural, right? They're all natural. No, they're not. You know, what's natural milk from a cow meat from a cow in this, an egg from a chicken. <laughs> Look at that. It's a real egg. Well, one handed. Oh, oh that's my primary go. complaint. It's just eggs. Oh, that was with great. David Reed. Rocky style. By the wow. way, in a little bit, I've got the ingredients and in just eggs for you. You probably Is don't want to know that. Don't you assume, Reed, that we don't Sounds like yummy. almond nut juice either. <laughs> I'm gonna live dangerously here. My How primary complaint. My primary complaint. Google. I can only imagine what sort of ads are about to show up on my Google searches. Um, look, I'm a simple man. When I type in Texans depth chart into Google, yeah. what I want is the Texans depth chart from the Texans. The Texans are the authority on the Texans depth chart. You know who's not? ESPN, which shows up first in the search. You know how I know that ESPN's not the authority on this? Because I used to be the guy responsible for the Titans depth chart at ESPN. You know how often I updated that depth chart? Not very often. They sent out an email once every six weeks or so. Said, hey, don't forget about the depth chart. <laughs> and we texted each other. Anybody really updating the depth chart? And we all said, no, not really. Not really a priority. Not interested. Now, our lads shows up third. But the number one place to get a depth chart is from the team. How ESPN is hopscotching that on search engine optimization. I don't know, but it's wrong. Every time I search a depth chart, I have to go to the second result to get the depth chart from a team. This, I'm sure, is just one example of how Google is giving us the wrong result. They give you the result based on the price that the person's yes, willing to pay to be number one. I'll take it a step further. I hate when I search a place of business or you know yeah, breakfast you place in this places. town, and it's eight ads. I have to scroll down to the bottom of the page to get to the actual Was that an website. Ad? Put that back up. But you Jacob. search an actual business, search a hotel in this city, and the first four are Marriott ads. 
and then you finally is get that an to ad though. I don't no, think I'm it's saying that's this is fine. Yeah, you're. I, I'm not complaining see, about that. Because I search, search on the front the team page should come up. First. Search, search I love that there, uh, I love this that hotel are, uh, in this town and be specific, no, and it'll be five that's ads ridiculous. first. I love that there are 8.5 million results for Texans depth chart. You guys, <laughs> you see that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. As uh, what's the 8.5 million? Uh, as <laughs> go to the I, final page. May please. I play us to break with the ingredients in just eggs? Yes, sure. please. Yeah, water. Mung bean protein isolate. Not an egg. Expeller pressed canola oil. Not an egg. Calcium citrate. Enzyme. Not an egg. Gelin gum. Not an Natural egg. carrot ex- extracts. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Natural flavors. <laughs> natural turmeric extracts. Onion puree. Oh, turmeric is salt. Good. It reduces inflammation. Something called soy lecithin. Not an egg. Sugar. Not an egg. Tetrasodium pyrophosphate. <laughs> Not an egg. You're, you're killing it. Nicene pyrophosphate. I want the cocaine. I want the cocaine. Not eggs. Not eggs either. I think cocaine's healthier than that. College football headlines next. <laughs> 